0: Grace. What does grace mean? Give me a short definition. Unmerited favor. That's a, a traditional definition. We're going to look at a further definition that, that developed a little further. But what we've done here is just I've written out some script, the scripture verses. They're italicized. And then uh, there's other uh, statements in here straight from Dr. Green's book uh where he makes comments and and the book that he wrote these little books if you get a hold of any of them just grab them because there are just so much bible uh contained in these books all of this outline was out two pages okay uh and it could have gone even deeper and deeper There's just so much there and um really enjoy reading them but he gives us the first verse that he shares is the most well-known verse i guess on the subject subject of grace Ephesians 2 8 and 9 uh, for by grace are you saved through faith not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest any man i didn't spell that correct i'm gonna find some typos any man should boast uh by grace are you saved now that's a a statement that Paul's making on the subject of salvation and and he uh there are other texts that we're going to quote from from Paul he was the the apostle of grace that was the heartbeat of his theology salvation by grace and that's interesting when you think about the fact that paul before he came to christ was a pharisee he was a a, a, a student of the law he knew the law probably better than most people the law of moses and before salvation he believed that salve- before he was saved he believed that salvation was works Obeying the law, that was the only way to be in a right relationship with god um very uh conservative and 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 just uh in fact, he was so dedicated to the concept of the law. you remember his journey to Damascus when he was saved on the Damascus road. Why was he going to Damascus in the first place? you remember He was going to arrest Christians, and he had letters from the priest in Jerusalem, giving him the authority to do that. He was going to arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem to face trial for promoting heresy. Uh, And um, the thing, uh, in in those days, in Bible days, uh, a charge of heresy from the Jewish elite uh, could mean, well, even death. You know the story of Stephen, all right? Uh, others uh, in, in the New Testament that faced the wrath of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, and um, they we know that there was this constant conflict between them and Jesus, right? For three years, it was just like every other day. He was going at it with the Pharisees over some doctrinal statement that he had made or that they made that he didn't like. And um, it just—if uh, you read the Gospels, that's just a big part of the Gospel story, is that conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees. Well, what was the conflict over? Basically, over the difference between grace and law. All right, grace and law. Uh, salvation by law is salvation by works. Okay. Now bring that into the twenty-first century, and people still believe in salvation by works. A lot of people do. How many times have you talked to somebody about Christianity and heard about their baptism or their church membership or their family uh, religious heritage or whatever, they've got all of these proofs that they're right with God and they never talk about faith in Christ when really that's the only thing you're interested in, okay? All of the works are just works. They don't mean anything. Everybody in this room has been baptized, okay, whatever. All right. We did that out of obedience. The scriptures teach us to do it. But we didn't get baptized to be saved. We got baptized because we were saved. right? And, and uh, an interesting study sometimes is the difference between John's baptism and baptism of Jesus. The ba- Jesus never did baptize anybody, but his apostles did. And the difference between the two baptisms they had a very different meaning. All right? but, uh, but you're not saved by that baptism, are you? Uh, you can can be baptized and die lost all right? you're not saved by your church membership or the what denomination your church is in or whether you tithe or whether you do I mean the whole list the endless list of things that we use to prove our salvation, but Paul says you're saved by grace through faith. it's a gift, it's a gift uh, and and it's 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 not earned by works in any way. I'm just I absolutely believe that if there is any work at all that I would claim at all that I would claim that I did for my salvation, that would be an insult to the cross, okay? Because if any one work was enough to save me, then the cross was unnecessary, all right? Jesus had to die on the cross to save sinners. It was the only way. I just wish that the church could, could really get that again. It seems that these basic foundational, let me use the word fundamental truths, we seem to pull away from. Uh, and, I, and I don't know why, because, folks, this is the only way people are going to find salvation. Uh, we can tell them everything else that the church wants to say today about all different things about going to church and being a Christian. But if you don't deal with grace through faith, if you don't deal with Christ died for your sins, you know, if you don't deal with for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to whosoever believeth, and if you don't deal with it, those uh, who don't believe are condemned already, things like those are just basic fundamental truths of the Christian faith. You're not Christian without that. That's just, that's, that's a lost person if they don't have that issue of grace through faith settled. That's an unsaved person. And, and folks, that ought to be the drive behind our desire to evangelize people. To understand that every person that we talk to, if they have not dealt with grace through faith, if they have not dealt with Christ on that level, they're not saved. These are hellbound people. And it's just that simple. All right. So you say by grace through faith. And he goes, on, he goes on in that verse to say. Uh, further it is the gift of god a free gift i didn't earn it i didn't deserve it certainly okay um and and i can't do anything to keep it or lose it it's a gift from god okay um i can't do any work good enough to keep it or any work bad enough to lose it that doesn't have anything to do with it it came from god as a free gift because john 3:16 says he loved us right It's a gift of God and not of works, so nobody can brag. Billy Graham used to say that he would teach from this verse, and he would say, I can't go to heaven one day and stand before the Lord and say, if if he asked me, why should I let you into heaven? I can't say, well, because I preached to a bunch of people, because that doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean anything. And, And did anybody preach to more people than he did? Well, no, not even Paul did. I mean, Billy Graham in one sermon could preach to more people than any other preacher in the world, you know, and especially if it was on TV, right? But he said that was not for my salvation, had nothing to do with it. it. It's a work, and if I'm using it that way, then it's of no value, all right? So we can't claim any work on our own. Now, some people seem to be insulted by that. You shouldn't be, all right? I'm thankful for it. Because if I have to depend on my works, I'm already in trouble, okay? I'm already in trouble because when I look at my works, there's some bad ones there, you know? But then in in the the, the next verse is from the book of Jonah uh, out of the Old Testament. It's interesting. It's chapter 2. This is after the fish has finished with him, and he says this. He says, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. In other words, I was saved by God. Now, that's an interesting statement coming from a man who just spent three days in a fish. Okay? Obviously, he was saved. You know, one of the greatest prayers of repentance that you will ever read is the prayer of Jonah after he was swallowed. You know, it's incredible to read this prayer Oh, Lord, you know, save me and, and all that. Well, what would you say if you were in the belly of a fish? All right. But then he says this statement, especially those, those last words in that verse, salvation belongs to the Lord. It came from him. Jonah is saying, look, I was in the belly of the fish. I had no way to help myself. Nothing I could do. You know, Paul says in that, that we were dead in sin. A dead person can't do anything for themselves. They're dead. They can't do a thing, all right? Dead in sin, all right? Jonah says, salvation was of the Lord. I was in a fish, swallowed whole, and, um, and, and nothing I could do for myself. I mean, what could you do in that situation? Nothing, all right? You know, there was a guy, I saw this on the internet, and if it's on the internet, you know it's true, um, there was a guy that uh, he was a, a, a pearl diver or something like like that, uh, and he was out diving and he got swallowed by a whale, really, and lived to tell about it. And they got video of the, of the event, proving that this really could happen. You know, some people want to doubt this, but Jonah said, "Lord saved me." When I was, he said he was in the deepest hell. Okay. Uh, in that fish you can't imagine a worse place to be swallowed by a fish and salvation is of the Lord I'm gonna give him all the praise and all the credit for it and and all the glory for it it's all from him all right um Romans eleven nine. but if it is by grace it is no longer on the basis of works otherwise grace would no longer be grace pretty straightforward that's the English standard version no, it's the New Living Translation, the Romans translation. Some of these are King James. But, but it's no longer grace. So you can't use the term grace if I had anything to do with it. All right? The only thing you can do with this is accept it. That's it. Uh, it. Like I said, it's a gift. I accept it. But it all came from God. It's all of God. You say, well, this is basic. It is, but a lot of people have forgotten this. All right? Uh, if it, again, if I claim any work and I've run into people over the years, um, you you would think that the Lord would stand up and say, thank you when they showed up because they would tell you that, you know, but, but let's just remember if there is any work involved, it's not grace. And that's what Paul said. All right. So there you go. Um, and, uh, and that, again, that's interesting coming from a man who was, Dedicated to the law but for a large part of his... his. The next one in Titus, this is also Paul. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. He saved us. That's just a picture of grace. That uh, verse there in Titus, I asked at the beginning tonight, what's the definition of grace? Said unmerited favor. This is a further definition. Uh, his loving kindness is what grace is. It's a good definition. You want to understand what New Testament grace is. It's God's loving kindness. Not deserved, can't be earned. Um, in no way do we have anything do, to do with it, other than the fact that we are the object of His grace. He, you know, when Billy Graham used to say, "God loves you," that's what it meant. That's what he meant. We're we're the object, subject of His loving kindness. Think how kind God is to us. You know. Um, we we don't deserve grace. What do we deserve? We deserve to go to hell. Okay. <laughs> all right. Every one of us, every person in the world, all, right? all of sin comes short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Okay? All right? We all deserve judgment. And and until we come to Christ by faith, by grace through faith, we're under judgment. All right? So important. Here's a statement that Dr. Green said. He said, under the law of Moses, God demanded righteousness from man. That's the way it was under Moses, under the law. You have the law, and God said, okay, you keep the law. We we mentioned it this morning. Some of you will remember the Ray Comfort videos we watched. We might show them again sometime, where he would go out and witness to people. And you remember the approach that he had? He would come up to somebody, and he'd say, let me ask you, are you a good person? Do you think you're a good person? And everybody always said yes. You never found anybody that said no. We all, we all think we're great, okay? Yeah, I'm a good person. Well, let's find out. And what would he do? He'd start working through the Ten Commandments. And he'd just pick two or three of them. I have actually used that in witnessing. And it does it, people just go right along. And then all of a sudden, he would say, have you ever looked at somebody with lust in your heart? Well, yes. Well, then what? Do you call a person that does that? The Bible says if you look at somebody with lust, that's adultery. So you're an adulterer. Have you ever told a lie, even a little one? Yes. Well, what do you call somebody that tells a lie? Well, that's a liar. Have you ever stolen anything? No matter how small or insignificant, have you ever stolen anything? Well, yes. What do you call somebody that steals? And they would say stealer and stuff like that. You remember that? He'd say, no, a thief. And then he would catch him, and he'd say, by your own admission, you're a lying, thieving adulterer. That's only three of the Ten Commandments. Seven of them are still aimed at you. Do you want to continue to tell me that you're a good person? We're not. None of us are. We're all guilty before God. And under the law of Moses, God demanded righteousness. The only problem was we're not righteous. (laughs) We're not righteous, so we could not meet that standard, could we? Paul said in Galatians that the law was our schoolmaster, our teacher that led us to Christ, to the cross. Second part of that statement, he says, But under grace, God in Christ gives righteousness to man. It's different, isn't it? Under the law, he demands righteousness, under grace, he gives it. There you are, yeah? I've I've uh, had people throughout the years that would say, "Well, I don't feel saved." Doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> it had nothing to do with it. You feeling it doesn't mean anything. All right. God has given you righteousness, and in His mind and in His eyes, if you're a saved person, if you come by faith through grace to Christ, you have the righteousness of God on you. That's what He sees. Um. There was a great sermon preached years ago called The Great Exchange, how that when Christ died, he took my guilt upon himself and placed his righteousness on me. You know, Christ was completely holy, right? Completely innocent, perfect in every way, kept the law in all points, and he gave us that. He said, you know, the Father, when he looks at you, if you're saved, is seeing Jesus. And that is so simple and basic, isn't it? We were taught that as children. But it seems that the church has forgotten it. Again, that's about the third time i said that tonight, but that's just true. We forget that, that without this, you don't have Christianity. you got something else, but it's not Christianity. Just that idea that it's called the atonement, okay, that God has, has given me, the righteousness of christ my sins were atoned for by christ on the cross paid for and i have been made the righteousness of christ okay the law the next verse john 1 first chapter of john it's interesting how early in the beginning of, of this gospel of salvation john first chapter the law was given by moses but grace and truth came by jesus christ See, if you live under the law, you can't keep it. you got a problem. But if you approach God through Jesus Christ, you have grace and truth. What is the truth? Well, the truth is who Jesus is and the fact that he has the authority to give salvation and give grace and forgiveness. You know, when uh, it's interesting when you read through the Gospels, one of the things that got Jesus into arguments with the Pharisees more than anything else is when he would, sometimes he would do a healing or something like that, but he he would say before he healed somebody, he would say, your sins are forgiven, you know? Jesus said that over and over, and they would get so mad when he said that, you know? Only God can forgive sins. Well, they were right. That's why Jesus did it. Being God, he had the authority to do that, all right? And he said, uh, the truth was, who Jesus is and that he has the authority to forgive sins so critical we remember that uh, Dr. Green also said grace in Jesus Christ and, and becomes grace is Jesus Christ and becomes ours by faith grace is Jesus Christ okay when you, when you look at Jesus you're, you you do not see grace defined I ask you the the definition of grace, we said unmerited favor, God's loving kindness. No, the, the absolute definition of grace is Jesus Christ. Okay? It is only through him that we ever receive it and right? ever have grace. So if I want to understand grace, I'm going to look at Jesus, especially Jesus on the cross. We just celebrated Easter. Okay? Just remember what happened on the cross, not the... Uh, we we talk about every year. We'll talk about the physical pain that he went through, the suffering, the crucifixion, the beating, the torture, everything that he went through, the, um, uh, the the anger and hatred that he received from from the people as he was being crucified. I think about that movie, The Passion of the Christ, when he's carrying the cross through the city, and the people everywhere cheering because he was going to be put to death. And and yet he he goes to the cross, and he dies on the cross, and on the cross, as we say, as we've said so many times, he was never more God than when he was on the cross, okay, paying for our sins. Uh, he was grace itself. He is grace itself, uh, and, beca- and it becomes ours by faith. The law extended blessings to the good. The grace extends salvation to the bad. So simple. The law extends blessings to the good. The only problem is nobody keeps the law, so there were no blessings. It was only a curse. Under the law, you still had the curse that Adam had. You're still, you're still guilty before God because you can't keep the law, right? And, and the law, But the law, if obeyed, extended blessings. Nobody obeyed it, but grace extended salvation to the bad, to the ones that didn't deserve it. Grace provides for us that which we do not deserve. So, so important. Uh, Again, if I believe at all that I had anything to do with it, it's an insult to the cross, right? I'm telling the Father that it was not necessary for him to send his son to the cross if I had anything to do with it. But but that wouldn't be true. Would grace was uh, the provision for us that we don't deserve. And then the Bible teaches grace as being of God, through God, all of God, the gift of God to an undeserving world. A lot of capitals in there. That's the point. We're trying to make that point. Uh, And God's grace is all sufficient. The believer is in Christ and we are complete in him. Now let's look at what was said here. This is just this little statement uh, at the end of the lesson. He said, the Bible teaches, the Bible, It's not coming from anybody but Scripture, okay? The Bible teaches that grace, teaches grace as being of God. It's God that shows grace. My grace, I can be gracious, but it's not like God's grace, okay? It's of and it's through God, and it's all of God. The point is God shows great grace to us. If it came from any other source, it wouldn't be meaningless, right? Um, It was the gift of God to an undeserving world. Um, what, you, you know, I, I think about John 3, 17, not 16, but 17. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What does it say about those that don't believe that they're condemned already? What does that mean? Well, they were condemned to start with. All right, they're already guilty. Totally dependent on God doing something. All right, and God extend, and, and it's the gift of God to an undeserving world. Undeserving. Again, I, I referenced that movie that we watched. Uh, we watched it here at church. In fact, I, th- I think we showed it about three times. Different groups wanted to see it, and you see the people, and you realize they were just so undeserving of anything that was going on there. Um, I mean. God's son, what happened on the cross was not, I'll mention a moment ago, just the physical suffering, but the spiritual separation between him and the father because of my sin. That's what happened there. Uh, it, it's just a, an interesting thought and, and a very meaningful thought to remember what was happening on that cross. When Jesus said, it is finished, what was finished? Well, the curse. The curse against me as as a lost human being was taken away, removed, finished. Why was it finished? Did I finish it? No, no. It was because of what Jesus did there. And when God took my sin and put it on him and then put his wrath against my sin on his son, that's what happened on the cross. And um, then he said the grace is all sufficient. This is very important. You don't need anything else. In fact, that would be an insult, too, to say, I've been saved by grace, but I'm going to do something else. And very often, people fall into that trap. They say that they can be saved by grace, and I believe I've been saved by grace, but then I got this belief that that's not enough. I've got to add something to it. In other words, what Jesus did wasn't good enough. Well, that's just not true, all right? It's sufficient. It's all sufficient. I don't need nothing. God's grace is enough to save me without anything else. And and then the last thing that I want to mention is that it's enough to keep me saved. It's enough to keep me saved. I, I talk to people sometimes that are in different denominations. We've got a Bible study that meets here every other week. I've shared that with you. And by the way, anybody's welcome to come. But uh, but they meet and in that group there's some Baptists and some Presbyterians and some Methodists. Problem about Methodist Methodist is they believe you can lose your salvation. You know. And here's the here's the problem I have with that. If the cross was good enough to save me, enough to keep me saved, All right? so I don't have to worry. And and people will say, well, what if you commit some terrible sin? Well, when I've come to God, by grace through faith, um, if I do sin, the Spirit of God's going to convict me. That, that's how it works, all right? And, and convict me to turn away from sin. But my sin doesn't take my salvation away. God has a hold of me and is not letting me go, no matter what. And sometimes people just can't grasp that because they're not thinking about the power of the cross and the power of the grace of God. It's strong enough. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. God has you. Now, um, if we just, just remember that, I mean, how can I, how can I not want to serve him when I realize what he's done and what he does for me every day? It's not just that I was saved a long time ago, but that I'm being saved continually every day and every second of my life from now on throughout eternity. And I can depend on it. Um, And then the believer is in Christ, and we're complete in him. Next week, I believe it is, the message is about gifts of the Spirit through grace. You know, you would have no gift at all from God, but for the grace of God. You know, that, that's a gift, too. If you have the gift of evangelism, the gift of prophecy, the gift of whatever it may be, there are all kinds of gifts. Yeah, they're all grace. <laughs> I don't deserve it. It's given by some next week. Such a beautiful idea to realize that God saved me by grace, and he sent me out into the world to share that message and is given me by grace the ability to do it. All by grace. Right? Any questions, comments?
1: Yes, ma'am. They and they don't believe on Jesus Christ. It's on our promises
0: If they if they don't believe in Jesus Christ, they're not saved. Then I Yeah, that's the only way is through Him. Okay. Another words, When I put my faith in Christ, I'm putting my trust in Him. That what He did was good enough to save me. And then nothing else would. And it, it's one of those God things I was talking about today. Salvation is not something I can do. That's something Jesus did. Okay? And um, and when I talk, when I see a lost sinner out there, I need to remember that lost sinner is just like I was. Okay? And the only hope he has is not me. I can't do anything good for him. The only hope he has is Jesus. But if you don't believe in Jesus and what he did on the cross, you're not saved. That simple. We don't want to say that because it's judgmental, right? People don't want to say that, but it's true. And I would rather tell lost—I would rather offend a lost sinner and tell them that without Jesus, they have any hope. They have no hope at all without Jesus than to let them die in that condition and go to hell. And I feel like if you're a loving person at all, we're going to tell the truth, you know? Why let them die lost? Why let them die in their sin? You know? uh, tell them the truth. That's one thing that's going to help them. And no matter what sin they are, we're lost in sin until we come to Jesus. And Jesus is our only hope. There is nothing else. Uh, We need to stand on that. We have to stand. We're required to stand on that. You know? Uh, That's not, you know, it it would be heresy for us to share any other doctrine. Christ alone. That's it. I remember I mentioned Billy Graham a while ago, years ago. You remember he used to have a a, a motto, his ministry did, in a Bible I've got. Uh, it had a picture of a finger pointing that way, and it said one way, you know, because that's it. There ain't no other way, you know. Faith in Christ and Christ alone. Um, there's a great song by that name, Christ Alone. I love that song. You know, we'll play it sometime here at the church. No other option. So, yeah, if they don't believe in Jesus, they're lost. all to God. And I really like it that way because I, can't, I don't need to be confused, do I? I I've got one option jesus and that's it you know people say i don't understand don't understand what you know jesus that's your only option you only your only hope and anything else is a waste of time all right yeah uh, you make your
1: life easier for black
0: You know, and you may, the truth is you may live here believing in false things, untrue things, doctrines and idols and whatever else, and you may live a very successful and comfortable life in this world, but always remember there is a world to come, and that's when everything is going to be judged one way or the other. Am I going to enter that world to come through Christ? Or I'm going to enter it through judgment. That's uh, on the choice of God. So, and, and I know a lot of Christians and throughout history, there has been a lot of Christians that went through terrible persecution. We've got there a war going on, a civil war going on in Sudan right now. If you've been following the news, the Sudanese people, some of them Christian, are going through terrible persecution for the Muslim community there in Sudan. Some of the worst persecution in modern times there. Just, they're just terrible what's going on and they're living through that but look what they got on the other side you know we're reading revelation on sunday in your revelation see what happens to the blessing of those who have been martyred and suffered but they had their faith in christ and he delivered he'll deliver us one day we may face great difficulty in this life because this is a fallen world but we've got hope in christ okay anybody else You know, you just think what you're saying when you say the word Jesus saves. Just think what is contained in that statement alone. And that's, wow. I mean, you can't say anything better, right? Okay. Join you close for us prayer, please.